We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. fans i don't have to ask how you're doing because if there's a single one of you out there who aren't enjoying the hell out of this shit <laughs> something's wrong <laughs> it's your boy jonathan macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast i am back from sunny florida to not too terribly cold new york it's not awful here um I'm in a good mood. I had a great vacation. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Mostly we're going to talk about the Knicks. Try to tie those two things together. But first, um, man, he, we left off. He gave it to me on a silver platter. He said, Jonathan, I don't know if he actually said these words, but he said, I, I heard, Jonathan, if you truly believe in this team, you will pick them to do the thing that they are destined to do because the vibes are immaculate. And I said, no, no, no. And I threw it back in his face. I said, I'm going to take two and two. God damn you. Well, I'm still happy to see you, Jeremy Cohen. How are you, sir? Well, I'm fantastic for many reasons, especially <laughs> basketball related. But yes, I love being blamed for your poor decision making. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yes, the vibes are immaculate. I would have settled for two and two begrudgingly, but excitedly, we don't have to because the Knicks went four and oh in the last time that we had a podcast. It was great. Um, the All Star Game weekend happened. Uh, Quentin Grimes, oh yeah, very nice. I forgot about Jericho that. Sims participated, and then he got to go on a vacation. Julius Randall was amongst the other stars, and he did a. Again, I barely watched some of the like. I think I watched the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and the, the only exciting part. Yes, the only exciting part was really Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum. And then nothing else. So it was nice to see basketball that actually counts and where the players actually care. And in a week that, you know, they could have lost the Wizards game down by double digits. They didn't. They could have found themselves, you know, with on the second night of a back-to-back against a well-rested Pelicans team, even without Zion Williamson, could have lost it. They didn't. They were winning wire-to-wire, double-digit leads in every single quarter, factor in a Brooklyn win, uh, a Hawks win. Yeah, Hawks win over Brooklyn, yes. Well, no, I meant if 
it's what already happened. Before oh, the, these two yes, games. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I yes. know it's it was a while too where I had to refresh myself too. We had beating the Nets and then beating the Hawks. Yes, and then yes. these past two games, it's just been a really fun time to be a Knicks fan. And so, yeah, the vibes are immaculate. I I want to get to the vibes in a second. I can I can you indulge me for just about two minutes while I tell you about the circumstances of my watching it. Well, not both Knicks games because uh, the new Orleans game, I was pretty locked in on. We got, we got home from uh, dinner on Saturday night, uh, our last night in, in sunny Florida. And I had to, I think I watched the for, I should probably shouldn't admit to the fact that I had the game playing on MSG go app on my phone as I was driving home from getting ice cream. So I watched the first five or like had at, like, I was listening to it and it was like side of my eye. I was like, kind of like trying to, you know, at stoplights, of course, not while driving. That would be mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got to watch the New Orleans game pretty much like normal. Um, the uh, Wizards game, I, I don't know if you know this or some maybe some of our listeners know this, fell on my wife's birthday. So combination of my the birthday of my lovely wife, who um, I started dating Almost we're up to almost ten years ago, or not our wedding anniversary, but started. We've been dating for about ten years now, uh, and on vacation, the the going into the evening, I was like, whatever you, whatever you want this evening to be. It's your birthday. We're in we're in Florida. She knew there was a Nick game. I knew that she knew there was a Nick game. She knew that I knew that she knew there was a Nick game. But so nothing was said though about whether the Knicks game would be watched. So like we got home from dinner early because we have small children and we eat early. That's what we do. And like I set on my laptop to record the game and it's there. It's on. The game is on. But I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm being a good husband, being a dad, playing a game with, with our daughter. And then it's like 730, 740. The Knicks are down, I think, by 19 by that point to the Wizards. And my wife's like, I'm kind of tired. I don't really want to watch a movie because I'm going to fall asleep. My daughter just wanted to go on her iPad at that point. So she's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And then she's like, I don't really want to do anything. I was like, do do you want to watch the game? I like very trepidatiously. And she's like, yeah, sure. We can watch the game. And so we watched from that point forward. Julius Randle turned into uh, cocaine bear from the late second quarter until really the end of the game. Uh, and the Knicks close out that win, which I, I think when you combine that, as you said, with how they performed against the Pelicans and then how they went into the break, th- there is a feeling that has coalesced amongst the fan base that I could I get a sense of through just whether it's Twitter or comments, to the newsletter or this that, and the other thing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the vibes have been this immaculate. Since we've been doing this, is that why that's wild? Yes, I still think the nine game winning streak. Do you really? Because oh. it, it was so unexpected, right? Like it's just the element of complete surprise for it to turn around that way. And I don't mean that to, to dampen, to put a damper on what this is, right? This has still been a ton of fun. They're undefeated when Josh Hart plays, it, all important stuff. It's just there's something about that season that just felt almost magical just based on the fact of look, there's everything that's been going on with COVID. We haven't seen the Knicks team make the playoffs since the 2013, 14 season, right? Yeah. Uh, or to the 2020, 
2012, yeah. 13. Yeah. 2012, 13. So it was a nice change of pace. And this, it's almost like, well, it's great to get back to that point, but it feels real, right? Like this to me feels much more tangible. And I think that's the, the part of it where, yeah, maybe this isn't quite as special. The reason that was special was it was almost a Linsanity type thing where they caught fire at the right time and you hoped it would keep going, but it didn't. It sputtered out. This even if things, well, you know, not, not even if things, but like, no, well, depending on how the rest of the way goes, yeah, I still feel confident that the infrastructure is in place where the Knicks can maintain this level of talent and then take the next step forward. And that's what's really exciting to me. And, you know, I was thinking about the Pelicans game. And um, so the, yesterday I watched the Pelicans game at a bar with some friends. And right. then it's funny you mentioned Cocaine Bear because we saw Cocaine Bear afterwards. How was it? And it's great, you know. I recommend not going in sober if you can avoid it. If you do go in sober, I'm sure you'll have a great time. There's no barrier for entry. It is fun, but uh, it's amazing to think that the two things I'll think about, I guess the three things I'll think about uh, with Ray Liotta are, uh, no, two things, cocaine and uh, the fact that the last movie he has ever done features cocaine, like with Goodfellas. So what an arc, RIP. Perfect arc. A, A thousand percent. But what I was thinking when I was watching this Pelicans game was I was at the Pelicans game last year and it did not go well. It was an ugly game. The Pelicans without Zion were really sticking it to the Knicks. I think it was off camera, but maybe the camera caught some of it. Julius at the end of the first half got really vocal, very upset. Fournier had to kind of calm him down. It just, it was ugly. It felt like, yeah, this is how the season has been going. It's been, dreadful and look at this pelicans team that at that point was like they hadn't even started their ascendance back to hey this is a team that could actually win two playing games and make it a competitive series against the suns this was a lowly pelicans team and who the hell is jose alvarado and sure (laughs) enough that was his breakout game family there from the new york area it just wasn't fun and then thinking about this year's game against the pelicans also it's out without zion pelicans are a better team at least on paper, and the Knicks just took care of business the entire way. There's something so much more special. I mean, it's just the season, of course, where this is a season where things are going up, and last season, things were going down. But just the dichotomy of the two, it just felt like, yeah, you know, last season really was a low point, and this season is its not that at all. We're actually enjoying the highs here It's just It was just a very gratifying feeling to see, and it should hopefully be the start of continued success moving forward. So let's just recalibrate for a second, because I think for me, at least what you said a moment ago where you're different, you, you, so your your one sentence characteristic of the, we hear nine game winning streak was, it was so unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. But you had an important caveat to what's going on now, which is that this feels more real. To me, I, again, I, re- I remember the feelings of the 90 game winning streak very well where I got to the point where I would just get on after games in front of my laptop and just start laughing because I was like, is this really happening? This t- and again, it's like you, you forget the team. What were they? Two games under 500 when that winning streak started or three? They were they were in danger of like, you know, not I mean, I mean probably not missing the play in, but like who it was not certainly they weren't thinking about the four seed. So like, yes, it was completely out of nowhere. And that made it very fun and very cool. 
But even at no point during that winning streak, I mean, I'm sure things were said on post games that I'd rather not go back and revisit. But like at no point during that streak where we like, oh, the Knicks have the Knicks have arrived. The Knicks are now the Knicks have ascended to a new level of 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 uh, NBA, uh, you know, up the totem pole in, in the NBA hierarchy. What's going on now? They won five in a row now. Um, and I, I had this stat on Twitter today. You, you probably saw going back to when they went with the nine man rotation, which were, were damn near close to half the seasons, 39 games. They're tied with the Denver Nuggets, the first place in the Western Conference, soon to be three time MVP, Nikola Jokic led Denver Nuggets for the second best net rating in basketball. They're only trailing the Memphis Grizzlies. Them and the Nuggets over that 39 game stretch are the only two teams that have a top nine offense. And a top nine defense. Shout out to the Thunder, by the way, who are ranked 10th in both. Good, good job by them. Um, over that stretch, at least. Like, I don't know, Jared. Like, look, I'm, we're not about to get on here and, and say, like, oh, the Knicks, are, they're, they're contending this year. They, you know, the wait is over. No, that's not what this is. But there is some, this team is good. I Not say that they can't lose in the first round. I think Benji even went on after the Pelicans game and said if he had to pick right now that the probably would not pick them to win a playoff series. I don't think I would either. Would you pick them to win a playoff series? Yeah, I was thinking about this today and I wouldn't. And the beauty yeah. of that is we're not at the point where that even truly no. matters. And I know you're not suggesting yeah. it does. Yeah, it's no, just it like, doesn't. Just get back to where you were and you're on even footing and you keep going. Because one of my worries, and it's not a huge worry, mind you, because I'd love to sit here a few months from now and be like, the Knicks won a first round and that's fantastic and let's do it. It's the expectations that then follow. Yeah. Because if you, the way that it works, sports is not linear. Progression is not linear. A worry of mine. And it's like, if we had to worry about this, so be it. But it's that the Knicks would make it past the first round. And then that's the bar, right? Okay. The Knicks made it past the first round. Now they have to get past the first round again. Otherwise it's a huge step back. And again, we, we can talk about this when the time comes, there's, Plenty of they have to make the playoffs first. They have to yeah, I was about to say about the plan. We're getting way ahead way, of ourselves. Long way to go. But it's the sort of thing where, to me, it's just you're proving the whole goal was to prove competence, and the Knicks have been proving that they've been competent for the entire season. But they've also been proving that they are a legitimately good team, and they're we're now at the point where we can figure out how many quality wins they've had on more than one hand. Right? Isn't that a level above though? Like it is, but it's in between like, hey, this team did something and demonstrated it in the playoffs. And like, yes. it's the perfect cover to me. You either exceed expectations, which is like a young team doing well, or the Knicks make it to the playoffs and they don't get to cause a lot of noise. And we can still rest on our laurels and say, well, it's a young team. We're figuring it out. It's to me, it's the win win. It is playing with house money. It always kind of has been. And we could even look back on. Last season, like, yeah, it was it was miserable. It sucked, but they grew. They improved. They turned the 11th overall pick into three future firsts that we can then see them try to parlay, not so much into a star, but into really good talent that helps support the infrastructure. So when the time comes for a star, you're in a good spot. You could do it for whatever. It could be trading up. It could be a multitude of things. But it's that sort of thing where maybe a step back wasn't the worst thing maybe it's actually you know one step back two steps forward type situation hold the thought on that because we have a question coming up on specifically that uh that notion of whether things would be viewed differently if they didn't maybe take that step back 
one, one more thought on this is just because I, and I, I don't want to get too much into the details because we'll, we'll talk about certain certain things when we give out our game ball. But like, if you if you look at what again, I'm, they're not a contender. But if you look at what gets teams into that conversation of like that next group outside of contender status, you still need the ba- same basic components. And with how Julius Randle is playing right now, with how Jalen Brunson has played really the entire season with how their component parks not only are playing individually, but how they are functioning together as a group and the roles that they are serving and how those roles seem to translate to success, not in specific situations, but against pretty much all NBA teams. Like what they have to bring to the table, what Emmanuel quickly brings to the table, what Josh Hart brings to the table, what when, Quentin Grimes brings to the table and I'm going to say his name, what RJ Barrett brings to the table. If he continues to play like he's done these two games after the all-star break, when you put those guys, I didn't even mention Mitch around their top two. Well, hold man. That's I, I am. I'm as excited as I've been about the prospects of what this team could do at any point since 2012, 13, which Again, that for me supersedes the We Here season. And for that reason, for me personally, this goes beyond even the the ninth straight. That's that's for me. But I understand your point of view. And I, I think, I mean, we're quibbling here. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, things are really good. I don't know how many other ways we could say it. We'll, we'll get into the details throughout the, uh, throughout the episode. We should probably say, um, so who are we laughing at? Uh, Andrew has here, we can review the, the opponent's uh, LOL Nets, LOL ATL, LOL KP, and then AOL Nola. LOL Nola. That doesn't have the same. I got. Uh, listen, uh, ATL has an L in it. We could have sent ATLOL. Uh, A-T-L-O-L. We could have done. I like that. We could have done uh, instead of Nola. We could have done LOLA, right? Lola. LOLA. Lol, yeah. uh, you know, like something. <sighs> Poor job, Andrew. Just why do we keep a wrap? I have no idea. <laughs> oh man, no, it's it's um, I enjoyed laughing at the Nets and the Hawks before the break. I'll just say that that was fun. And uh, I know I, I noticed the uh, as an aside, the Wizards lost to the Bulls uh, tonight as we're recording this on Sunday evening. Uh, guess who didn't play? Christoph Porzingis. Interesting, shocking. Yeah, <laughs> for that guy to miss a game. Meanwhile, we have an Iron Man uh, suiting up for us every night. That is just well. We'll talk about him in a bit because I want to. I want to save those thoughts. For over thirty years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at two one two three six 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 one zero zero. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's do a quick injury report um, presented by our friends at Weiss and Rosenblum. Don't forget, call Weiss and Rosenblum today if you think you have a case, 212-366-6100. You could also visit them at weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small, and personal attention to your matter is their number one priority. Uh, consultations are free, which is why I always start off by saying, if you think you might have a case, just give them a call. They'll give you, they'll tell you anything you need to know. Free charge. They won't, they won't um, ask for anything. They'll just give you the lay of the land. Um, if you do have a case, they don't get paid unless you do. One more time, 212-366-6100. Previous results don't guarantee future outcomes. Um, speak with a veteran attorney. Don't speak with a rookie. The Knicks, the Knicks are a team of veterans, young veterans. How great is that, right? Mm-hmm. To have a team of young... Emmanuel Quickly is the youngest veteran in the league. I don't care how old he is. He's the, he is the youngest veteran player in the league. Um, RJ Barrett seems like he's been around for about 10 years already. Only a fourth year player. Uh, we don't have an injury report because everybody's healthy, which is great. First time uh, in a while. Nice. Yeah, first time in a while. Hopefully it stays that way. I I mean, I'm look, there's 20 games left. Uh, someone's probably going to get banged up at some point. Um, maybe they'll even selectively rest guys at the very end of the season. Wouldn't that be nice um, if they were in such a position to do that? But we won't count our chickens before we we hatch. Uh, okay. So this is what you were getting to before. So we have an essay question. Uh, Andrew, do you want to pop in here for a half a second? Sure. What's up? Well, we've never assigned... Like, this, is, this is actually what we in the teaching biz mm-hmm. call an on-demand essay. Ooh, an on-demand are, essay. An okay. on-demand essay where you are given a topic at the at the top of class. Some some teachers will give students a heads up maybe the day or two before. Some won't. Um, and you'll just be expected to write on that topic for 45 minutes or however long your class period lasts. So this is our first on-demand essay in, in live podcast form. Do, do you want to give the assignment? I, I guess so. The spirit of this is less about an essay. It just it was like a... It was a fun name for this segment that we've never really named. The discussion before we get to the segments at the end, I just I wanted I, to give it the name. I essay. saw essay, and I, okay. I that's where my mind went. The spirit of this is more discussion board, but that's college. And I, as much as I fancy what we do here as in higher education, I don't know if this is more than high school or college. So um, in that spirit, though, kindergarten for that matter, uh, (laughs) we will call it essay question for this week. So I go to Twitter and ask uh, a question from Johnny Caps, who added me on Twitter uh, and asked all of us, um, 
how different would perception of the Knicks front office, uh, the players, uh, Tibbs, uh, and all of the collective Knicks organization be if years one and two under Tibbs were switched? If year one was expected rebuild year, year two was the we here season, and then year three was our current year. My first inclination for this answer is to say, yeah, the obvious is true. I think the perception would change, but also at the same time, like there was a lot of worrying and hand-wringing, some some hand-wringing going on when they hired Tibbs to begin with. If Tibbs coached his first year with the team and last year unfolded, like it, it unfolded as last year unfolded, and there was the stuff that went on with Kemba and there was like, you know, Jeff Van Gundy calling on national TV. Like this is the definition of insanity to continue to go to the starting lineup. Uh, you know, it's, it's your boy, man. Uh, and he's saying that out loud, like the, we're talking about the vibes being immaculate. The vibes would have been pretty, pretty cruddy. Um, and I, and like, yeah, like we'd be getting some good, but and also Julius Randle would be like awful for the second year because he wasn't he wasn't very good his first year here, and then last year he he was like again not very good. So like I don't, there's a part of me that that wonders if the negativity surrounding like year one of the overall regime, even with guys like Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin and R.J. Barrett doing well. I don't know. It's difficult for me to envision. Do you get get what I'm trying to say here, Jeremy? I do. I think for me, my first thought when hearing that goes to how would that have impacted the draft? And so if they're, let's say they have the 11th pick, right? In the 2021 draft. Um, You mean the 20, wait, the 2020 or the 20? Well, it would have been the 2021 draft, right? Because then the 2020 draft would have been. Got it. Okay. uh, Yes. So, these are, I mean, these are the players drafted for whatever it's worth from 11 onward. Uh, James Booknight, Josh Primo, uh, Joshua Primo, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, um, Alpern Shengun, Trey Murphy the third, Trey Mann, and then Kai Jones. Kai Jones, of course, was the 19th pick overall that the Knicks had. Um, in, instead, you know, they would with the pick that they had in the situation because the Mavs pick was the other one. I digress. Of those names that I just read out. How many of them do you feel like are better at this moment than Quentin Grimes? Because I can tell you right now, for whatever its context is, um, two of those players, the the first two, Booknight and Primo, are either not in the rotation or out of the NBA. Um, Duarte's not doing very well. Moody is fine. I mean, certainly won a championship. Kispert is, is a rotation player. We, you know, Shangun's been really nice. The defensive end hasn't, but the offense has been fantastic. Point being is that a lot of people, a reason why they kind of would want the Knicks to maybe lose games is it increases the odds, increases the odds, gets you a better prospect. Better prospect means better prospects moving forward. And by prospects, I don't mean necessarily players, I just mean the, the level of talent and where you can get. I think everything just fit perfectly into place because of the fact that the Knicks have crushed the draft for pretty much every pick except for the OB pick as we've seen it right now. Yep. Like, so it doesn't matter where they finish. And I think that 
if you look back at the players that were around there and if we saw, Hey, they picked one of these players and it didn't work out. That season feels like it's for naught. Whereas now with the way that it's gone, okay, you went through and you got Grimes, right? You traded out and got a future pick, turn into cam, can turn into heart. You still lost the first round pick in there. Not great, but you live with it. Um, You get Grimes, who is a starter. He is starting in the second season and he's been playing well. The way that they've been able to maneuver makes all of that feel comfortable. And I agree with you just that the vibes and the way that, you know, it, it may seem silly to talk about vibes, but it's true. Vibes are Looking important. at how this it's one thing to say, hey, look, this team was really bad and then they were OK and now they're good. Right. It's a straight shot. But I think it almost makes us appreciate the pitfalls that come from it. Mm. Uh, it last season actually made this season feel more. Not impressive, right? But like we saw what it was. Yeah, yeah. I guess satisfying is the way to put it. It just, it was nice to see them go back to their roots from the season before where, yeah, it went up, down, up, down. You'd like it just to be linear. But what are we talking about? We're probably talking about like how you're getting rid of Kemba. You got Fournier. Like I know it's all, it's all jumbled up in there, but no, but there there wasn't any of that dicey, that diciness after year one, like that, right. we it was it, we were playing with house money, right? We were like, yep. oh, great, there's a Kemba buyout. Fine, welcome aboard. Evan Fournier, seventy two million. Hey, we got the money. Let's you know, it was all you know, gumdrops and and candy canes here. Yeah, so I I'm happy with how it's played out, and happier because the Knicks turned again the eleventh pick into something that can help them in the future. Maybe they could have listen. Maybe they could have done that the year earlier, right? It changes the a lot, but. I think it's it's fine the way it is. Everyone's they got a mulligan, and they've said, you know what, we're going to take that mulligan, and we're going to do a nice job with it. And we as fans are so conditioned with getting regimes up and out of here two, three, maybe four years that you know it felt like last season was a disappointment. So why are these people sticking around? Yeah, and we wouldn't have had that. It would have been, I think, as a fan, it would have been easier in the heat of the moment like last year we don't have those moments of like should Tibbs be here should we even have the conversation about him being here it's very much like low expectations season one building on something season two everything's good season three so I think as someone who talks about the Knicks in this sense and maybe you agree it would have saved us a lot of headaches it would have saved us a lot of stress (laughs) but with all that comes the success of what we're seeing now which makes all of that feel validated in some way that yeah it was bad but look how good it is and we get to enjoy the good because of what we went through and that sort of thing so i'm at i'm at peace with the way it was and hopefully fans out there are too i that's really well said um i'm at peace too and i quite frankly think that well there was definitely and from my vantage point as again someone who has to deal with um the, the the wide spectrum of emotions after both wins and losses well well i felt that there was an overabundance of um my favorite word consternation throughout a, a fair bit of the season even as things were going fairly well first 23 games when they were 10 and 13 like 
the consternation was deserved. From that point forward, though, when things were going well, even through the blips, there was a lot of the the the, the negativity. I think was because of last year, and we could all agree on that. I think we're past that, and that's kind of relates back to how we started the show and talking about how this is the best we felt. You know, it, whatever. Maybe it's since two years ago. Maybe it's since twelve, thirteen. Maybe it's since the nineties for some people. But like, you list the best you felt about the Knicks top two or three, you know, moments or or period time periods in the last twenty plus years. Like this is going to make the list for most people who have watched all of the years. That's the point. I think we are now here. Where regardless of how we got here, I think for the most part, everybody's kind of all in in terms of the, the fan base and like, you know, buying into what this team is right now. And, you know, a little bit of like maybe what they could do. Although, guess you talked about we're, we're maybe not there yet. Um, and that has everything to do with how their best players are playing, which is a good time to transition to giving out our game ball. And, uh, Boy, do I wish I could give out the first game ball here. Alas. Mm. Yeah, alas <laughs> is right. To the victor. Yes. Uh, the one last thing I, I want to add is... Oh, sorry. I, I No, no, ahead. that's fine. You yeah. you mentioned how like, if you look back the last 20 or so seasons, this is probably going to be towards the top of that list. And you're right. I would agree with that. But what the first thing I thought of when you said that was, man, imagine 10 years from now, is this season even going to crack the top five? Oh, wow. And it's it's that thought process. Like, look at where the Knicks are positioned. Look at how they're building. It just it it's hard for me to have that level of consternation. As you're saying, there are going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be things we don't like, and we'll react to them accordingly. But man, like, it's a well-oiled machine that can draft in the later half of the draft of the first round that has plenty of picks to play with, that has plenty of young talent to, to include both in the future. And if it's for a star that legitimately catapults them into um, complete contender status, like the sky is the limit. And that's why I just feel so good about this team. And it's nice to know, Hey, yeah, the Knicks traded a first round pick for Josh Hart. They have another one. Thanks to the Dallas Mavericks. They might even have another one after that, depending on how the wizards do. So uh, with all that said, yes, it is my turn to give out the game ball. Uh, I'm going to read through the list of candidates that we have. And uh, Hold on, I let me set you. my timer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a long list, which is great. So uh, if you're ready, I will begin. Go for it. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, Josh Hart, Manuel Quickly, Isaiah Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, Deuce McBride, Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Tom Thibodeau, Leon Rose, Brock Aller, Walt Perrin, William Wesley, James Dolan, the 1972-73 Knicks. A lot of names, John. A lot of names. And there's a compelling case after a 4-0 week to just say all of them, right? There's no I in team. Everyone is a part of this. It was great. I am going to go with Julius Randle. Damn it. Ju- well, yeah, I mean, obviously I was going to go with Randle. <laughs> the all-star who has usually been sluggish out the gate from an all-star weekend, emphatic game against the Wizards, really turned it on. Thank you to Kyle Kuzma for, I guess, propelling that. Uh, I don't know why you would say to a, a 6'9 power forward that he's too small, but 
whatever. Good for you. Um, take that <laughs> L. And that was a great three that you hit. Oh, sorry, you stepped out of bounds. Never mind. I digress. So it was really nice to see Julius just assert himself. And I think that it what's really gonna matter with Julius is the playoffs because a lot of fans are going to look at this and say, yeah, the regular season, that's nice. It's great. But that's not what really counts. And the way I see it is it does count, right? Because you still need someone to be in that role. Because to me, Julius Randle, he's not a number one. I've been very clear about that. I know others would certainly agree with that. You could even make an argument that maybe he's not a number two. But I'll tell you, if they're seesawing on nights with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle being the number two and number three, you're in an okay spot. And so if Julius Randle can keep going, keep working this way, and it's nice that he has a point guard, like I said, with Jalen Brunson, who can help him stay on track. And he's in a role that's really just that of a superstar that how he's playing right now. If you can carry that into the playoffs, it silences a lot of concerns. And as a fan and as someone who sees a lot of content online, it'd be really nice to not have to have lingering questions of can Julius Randle do this in the playoffs? Can he do that in the playoffs? Just, just have him be a steady force, get to the playoffs, do that. We're doing great. But that's then. This is now. And right now, these past four games and the week in between at the All-Star game, Julius Randle is absolutely getting the game ball. Um, DJ Zulo, I think, had the tweet. Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yesterday. Today, yesterday, one of, one of the days. With Julius, Picture Julius Randle and saying top 15 player in the NBA right now. Uh, that's inarguable. Uh, the way he's playing at the moment. And like, really, you could, could kind of go back a few months. I know there's been some ups and downs even within the general like plateau that his season has had over those, those last few months. As is going to be the case with any NBA star. But like, I know we don't we don't have to, to go through the like well you know what's a, what 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 is the number two really and like how you know what the, the the pecking order like I I find that we get so bogged down in those conversations because NBA history demands that we do because there's just such a clear dichotomy of like, if you don't have this level of player, a level of player, you're not going to win a championship unless you are one of two, maybe three teams in the last, you know, you know, since the seventies, right. Unless you, unless you are one of those exception teams. Um, so we don't have to do that, but like, man, again, just the way he's playing, right. It, like, it seems like a, a while ago and, and they, I, they almost kind of got lost in the shuffle, but when Washington was making a push to win that game on Friday night, Julius Randle with five minutes to go in the game hit not one, but two like back to back step back threes. Like in what world is he doing this? And th- this is a real thing that is happening on top of all of the stuff he did the rest of the game on top of making the winning assist to Mitch and the, the winning, the free throws that kind of helps seal. Like it's just, you, you can't play ball much better than he's playing right now. And I, I, j- I had to just add on to what you said because he deserves it. Um, yeah. Shout out to Julius Randle. Uh, okay. I got to do the right thing here, Jeremy. Do you know what the right thing is? You eating crow? Should we take him out? Yeah. 
Might as well. Uh, I wonder, he he didn't have a great vacation because he stayed in a in a in a desk cabinet for the whole time. But Crowen, well, he still has his tan, which is great. Uh, Crowen Barrett Jr. Uh, so I, I'm actually a little bit conflicted about this one. I'm giving my game ball to RJ Barrett, but the spirit. Follow me now. The spirit of the crow is such that I would get on here and I'd be like, this is not a star player based on what we have seen, based on the numbers, based on this, that, and the other thing. And people would push back and say, you will see, you will eat crow. There's a a star player in there. What we have seen since the All-Star break and the two games that we've seen from the in the All-Star break or since the All-Star break from RJ Barrett is a guy who is ready, willing, and able to be a star in his role as the third best player on a team with two very good top two, or a very good number one, a very good number two. So, like, sure, I'll eat the crow because, like, it's crow. You got to eat it sometimes. But I don't know if, if, if it really is fully... I, I promise, I'm not trying to get out of my responsibilities here. I don't know if it's fully deserved at this point because this, to me... What we have seen from RJ Barrett, which is why I'm so happy to give him the game ball, my game ball this week. What we've seen from him these these last two games, especially really playing within himself, give, giving us more on defense than we've really seen from him for much of this year, making the extra pass, going um, after a rebound in a way that um, maybe we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. Like all of the the little things, can it get better? Yeah, it could always get better. But like that's just being a star in your role, and that's what this team needs from him. And if they get that from him and everybody else is doing what they're doing, well, then we could have some really interesting conversations come playoff time. Uh, So giving him the game ball, I'll eat the crow, but I just, you know, I I want all that noted for the record. That's all. I guess for me, it's just, I just wish we could have a better sense as to which RJ Barrett was showing up to work on a consistent basis. That's the challenge because we can talk about and we have like I've been highlighting more of the negatives recently with RJ because and and they're valid negatives. But with that said, it's so easy to lose focus of the fact that he's still he's one of the best scorers. What he does with the ball when he goes downhill might be another story, but his his instinct for scoring is up there. It's just a matter of how he's able to do it and if he can do it at an efficient level. With that being said, you know, you said earlier, like feels like RJ has been in the league for a while. It's his fourth season. And I mean, just think about how much time has, has really passed since then. Like he had such a miserable rookie year and the second year, of course, is interrupted, right? But the second year is interrupted. No. Yeah. No. First year, first year was interrupted by COVID. Yes. And so he didn't have a normal off season. And the second season he's in this, three and D role where he's doing well. And then the third season, everything's collapsing with the whole team. And now you have this year where it's just, there's good, there's bad. It's just hard to find out which is going to show up, but he isn't, he's, he's thriving in that role. And it's nice that he doesn't have to have the pressure of being the number one or being the number two. If you can just be consistent as who he is, it opens up a lot of opportunities. So I certainly hope that we can see more of, what we saw this past weekend, even when he didn't have it going right shot. Maybe he, he was not efficient against the wizards. He wasn't closing the game. The Knicks are blessed to be in a position where they don't even need to have him close games because they've got a next man up philosophy with players who are capable of being that next man up. 
And then you saw what he did against the Pelicans and second night of a back-to-back shook it off. He, he was a nice constant force. So yeah, he's, it's funny how we can still just talk about him as if there's just so much room to grow and there is, but we also can lose sight of what he does provide as a third option. But, and a lot of other teams don't have someone like that. But you, we, I'm trying to think before I say this, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should look this up, but I'm like, I'm going to say it. Like, haven't we had guys make all NBA teams being maybe not the third banana? Cause I don't know how many teams have had three guys on all NBA team in the same year, like maybe one or two examples. But I guess more it's like the spirit of a guy playing this way, like a Drew Holiday. To me, this is. This is Drew Holiday's role on the Bucks, right? Like Giannis is Giannis is Giannis. Chris Middleton is going to be your lead pick and roll ball handler in playoff games. Well, then by like de facto, like Drew Holiday is your number three, right? Um, the Warriors team is again not an ideal example because they're some of the greatest teams of all time. But like, even if you want to go with like Steph as your number one and like Draymond as your not your number two, but like your your defensive engine and essentially the point guard on those teams. Like who's your number three? Well, Clay Thompson's your number three. Clay Thompson, I thought had an argument for being a top 75 player of all time. Like we have seen guys in this role excel to the degree where they can really carve out, you know, careers that are notable, like NBA history level notable. So I don't, I don't think that RJ needs to, if he's going to continue doing this, like you spread this this thought process because you're like he can t- continue to grow, he can continue to grow doing like in this sort of role. Like I don't think that that's crazy, um, and continue to get better and, and continue to gain accolades and the whole thing. And then guess what? When someone goes down or when you know maybe the team makes a trade or whatever, and he needs to step in and do more, we've seen him do that too. So it's a great skill set to have, and I just. I hope we see more of the guy that's that we've seen the last two games um, over the rest of the the season, and then we'll we'll go from there. And it it is the defense, right? Because the players yes, you named, Drew Holiday, and whether it was Draymond Green or when he was before the injuries, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson. Like, those three players were all phenomenal defenders. Two of them still are. I mean, Clay Clay's game is not nearly what it was due to injuries, but like. Drew Holiday today against the uh, the Suns, like he yeah. went off, yeah. and he is always going to be one of the best defenders. Uh, it, it's why the Bucks made that all in move to get him, and that's the missing piece. The scoring, RJ is a better scorer than all three of those players, but defensively he's so far behind that you just want him to catch up a little bit, and then it's they have to rein it in. He's twenty two years old. Yep. We've seen him at an even younger age process defense at a higher level. Why is it not in this case? How can he get better? How can he be more consistent on that end? And that is going to be the main thing. And if he can't bring it again, that's why the Knicks have other players who are able to step in and say, yeah, Josh Hart, I can come off the bench and be infectious. I mean, quickly, I could do the same exact thing. We can shift Quentin Grimes up if we have to. We can have him be in the two guard role. We can do whatever. It's on RJ at least to just meet the same level that a lot of his teammates have at the defensive acumen. He can get there. It's just, I'd like to see it more consistently. As would I, and last two games are a good sign. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool65 and use code FilmSchool65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool65 and code FilmSchool65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Detention. Uh, Here's what Andrew Claudio has written down for detention. Nobody. Detention is closed. Give out two more game balls. Um, I guess I get to go first for this one. Uh, I'm going to give out a game ball, a shared game ball to three people. And that is Sean with a W, Mensa and Benji. Uh, they filled in more than admirably for me in the post game uh, for the post game duties uh, after both the Wizards game and the New Orleans Pelicans game. Uh, I thought all three of them knocked it out of the park. I was very much enjoying the uh, general the general giddiness of the the post game on on Friday from from Sean and and Mensa um, those guys make a great team and I thought they provided some fantastic analysis as well and then and then Benji on Saturday I'm not sure which was my favorite part of it uh, the the setting it up with the, the comparison to the 73 team. Uh, and how it was fitting that the Knicks did what they did on that night with, and for anybody who maybe may have missed the two statistical quirks, 73 points in the first half against the Pelicans mm-hmm. on the 73 team. And then, all right, what was it? RJ Brunson and Randall combined for 73 points too. So pretty cool. Also, uh, I'm not sure if it was that it was my favorite or 
him just going to town on the Blazers and specifically Damon and Jeremy Grant. $42 million. You got your masseuse on the plane. I hear you, Benji. I hear you loud and clear, brother. And I love you. I love you for it. Play the game. That's it. Play the game. That's my that's my other game ball. Totally fair. Those guys did a phenomenal job. I'm with you. Glad to have them on the team. I guess if I'm if I'm throwing my hat in the ring for another person for the game ball, I'm going to give it to the 1972-1973 squad. Love it. As someone who was not a witness to that, I know John, you were also not a witness Close. to that championship. No. Yeah, closer, <laughs> but not you know, just still a nice ten year gap there uh, for you. Uh, not for me, but it's the sort of thing where it was very nice to see all of these legends come together and there just aren't a ton of opportunities for that to happen. It's nice for us to be able to cheer them on. You know, like I, I don't come from Knicks fans. My parents don't care about basketball. So a lot of this has been self-education for me, but I can imagine that this team was a phenomenal bond for parents and their children or grandparents and their grandchildren or just loved ones and family friends, people that share Nick's basketball as a passion and to be able to see these people in the flesh and celebrate them for, I mean, a super team. What was the trivia question that six of the players from that team are in the hall of fame, just based on their playing. Abilities? I want to come back to that in a second. Keep going. With Phil Jackson being the seventh for his coaching abilities. It's tremendous. And it, it doesn't even matter that that's the last team, right? You'd obviously hope that there were at least one in between then and now, but just, that's something we can aspire to and look forward to. And when Clyde was describing how you have to pay for drinks and have to pay for food, there's just all this love that's bestowed upon it uh, from them winning a championship. And it's hard to not make me think about when the time comes and it is a when, not an if when the next do next win a title, how we all will be able to remember that and how maybe 50 years from that, God willing, we're all here or, you know, it doesn't have to be 50, but let's say it is. The ability to say to our loved ones, hey, you got to remember that season. That was the coolest. This is what they were able to do. And and it was not easy. And the road from that point to this point where they won to where we are now, it was rocky. But it was worth it. And I'm really happy for them. I, I wish that they all could be living for that opportunity. But I'm glad for some of them. Their children were there to, to bring it home for them. So... Uh, yeah, just a really cool, special time. And I'm glad we that the Knicks were able to celebrate a part of history that, especially with someone like Bill Russell passing, it's important to celebrate people and give them their flowers. So I'm really happy the Knicks did that. I love that you made that um, comp between what we might be saying 50 years from now and what people look back on uh, with the 73 team. Because the 73 team obviously was the wasn't the end of an era the following year they made the playoffs again and they think they I think they won around um I should know that but like that the following year was like really the the end of it the busher retired after the 73 74 season and you know Clyde was traded I think a year or two after that um but it's cool that that era of Knicks basketball had like a clear beginning which was when obviously they drafted Wills Reed and then shortly thereafter, they drafted Frazier. And then it had a clear, like, this This is the point when they became contenders, when they traded for DeBusher. 
And then similar with the 90s, right? It was like, okay, they drafted Patrick Ewing. Like that was the start of it. And then it took a little bit longer, but then it was like, okay, Pat Riley got there. And it was like, okay, Pat Riley got there. They that was when the march to contention started. I wonder how we're gonna look back at this what we're what we're in now as as like, well, are we gonna look back as like 2018? They signed Julius Randle and drafted RJ Barrett as like that was the start of it. And then maybe like they got Jalen Brunson as like that that was the moment where they kind of pushed it forward. I don't know. I don't know, but it's something I've, I've been thinking about, yeah, a lot. I, I'm curious if you would agree with this. Because to me, I think the major tipping point, and look, we'll have ample time to debate this later on. <laughs> I think the real beginning of this era came from the end of an old one, which was trading Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. The main reason being it yielded in a future second round pick yeah. in that next draft, which turned out to be the 36th pick, 36th pick overall. Mm-hmm. And it was Mitchell Robinson. And Mitchell Robinson is the longest tenured Nick on this team. And if he's here as the Knicks continue to keep going, that to me is going to be the moment where things really started to change. And we just didn't know it at the time. Who would have thought a second round pick for a top 75 player in the NBA would have any, any sort of correlation whatsoever. And it's worked out in a way where, yeah, it's the Knicks are winning with this player. They desperately needed him back, but not too desperately because they yeah. were still winning games. So maybe that's where it comes into May- the fold. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's a good thought. I, I mean, really, Mitch, man, Mitch is funny. He's been around for so long now. I mean, for in Knicks years, five yeah. years is so long. Because go go look up at your your stats. Not not a whole lot of Knicks have stuck around for more than uh, more than four seasons in the last twenty plus years. Uh, last thing, and I don't know if I, maybe we could bring uh, Andrew Claudio up here for a second. I don't know if you've had a chance to to fact check this, or if you've had any thought to fact check, it, or you, Jeremy. I, um, but I feel like this is more up Andrew's alley. I don't think any team in the history of the league, and I just tried to look it up and I couldn't find it, had as many top 75 players on it at one time as the 72, 73 Knicks. Because the six Hall of Famers is one thing. That's pretty cool. But there's been how many basketball players in the NBA Hall or in the, excuse me, the Basketball Hall of Fame? It's like 150, 160, close to 200, something like that. Okay. Top 75 players of all time. Frazier, Reed, DeBusher, Monroe, Jerry Lucas. Five out of the 75 were on that one team. I know Lucas was past his prime. I know, um, you know, I, I well, actually, I was, was Earl Monroe past his prime? I don't even know that. But like Reed certainly was, was nearing the end at that point. But still, five contributing main guys. That, I think that's a record. I don't think anyone. I don't can't imagine anyone surpassed that. If anything, maybe that one of the Celtics teams because they had Walton and they had the big three. But I don't think they had who was their fifth. You know, I, I don't know if I, maybe I'm missing someone. It was on one of those teams. Um, maybe one of the old Celtics teams back back way back when. One that comes close but does not get it done is the 2003-2004 Lakers team. Because mm. that, that had Shaq, Kobe, 
Malone and Payton. Gary Payton, or for that matter, the 2020-21 Lakers with Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and uh, LeBron James. It's true. That's another would, four. Yeah. I think it ha- if if someone surpassed it, it has to be one of those old Celtics teams. That's going to be my guess, and I don't. I'm going to go out on a limb and say nobody surpassed it. Maybe somebody equaled it. Maybe one of those old Celtics teams equaled it, but I don't think anybody surpassed it. Um, you might be disappointed to find this, but uh, basketball reference and stat head do not have this sorted out. Most uh, oh. top 75 guys on. So this requires much more research than the amount of time I currently have. Uh, if some enterprising fascinating listener, thing, though, I will say that if um, some enterprising listener wants to go um, see if any team in NBA history ever had more than five players who ended up making the top 75 of all time list, um, feel free and you could add us on Twitter and we'll give you your proper flowers. Sam Jones, the top 75. Yes. Very all right. So. so that's one. It's Russell, Kuzi, Havlicek. Yep. It's only they four. all made it. Only four on those uh, Celtics teams. Yeah, but it, the, the, those some of those cross some of those Celtics teams like there was some crossover. Like there was, like I, I think I feel like the years where Havlicek overlapped with Russell. Like I don't think Havlicek ever overlapped with Kuzi. Did he? Maybe I don't. I'm in sixty. Well, his Kuzi's last year was a sixty-seven final. When did Havlicek start? Uh, Havlicek's there too. Okay, so, so then maybe one of those years. That's. Um, is Don Nelson a top 70? No, I no, pray Don to Nelson's God, no. Him in that shooting form, please, no. Um, <laughs> top, top 15 coach of all time, certainly. Uh, not according to the voting. Um, when did Kuzi retire? Hold on a second. Well, Kuzi was a player coach briefly with the Kansas City Royals. Um, when he pissed off uh Oscar Robertson, something fierce, but yeah, is Sam Jones a top? Yes, yes, yeah, Sam Jones mm-hmm. is a top 75. Okay. There's no crossover between Kuzi and Havlicek, by the way. I'm I'm in 64 right now, and I still don't see Kuzi. Yeah, Kuzi left the Celtics. I'm looking at it now. It's 63. Okay, great. Uh, and his last year, Havlicek's there. So, okay, here it is. Kuzi, Havlicek, Sam Jones, Russell, and that's, that might be that's it. Five. Actually. That's four. Kuzi, Havlicek, Sam Jones, Russell. Bill Russell. That's anybody four. else? No, that's it. Those four. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. There's no. Uh, I, yeah. All right. Well, we'll if oh, so. Yeah. This would be um, if we if we actually nail this, this would be pretty cool. Uh, okay. Predictions. Do we have to? Man. Yeah. We. Fuck. Um. Congratulations again. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm legitimately happy. Uh. Especially again. It's just that it's annoying. I had a chance to take it. You gave it to me. Nice. Bad at it. it makes you any better. I squandered some chances earlier. So <laughs> he did. He did squander. And I still don't have my one and one uh, prediction from the beginning of the year, but I digress. Doesn't matter. I'm over it. You keep bringing it up till the day we die. Well, only if I don't win this year. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Got four games Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, uh, two at home, two on the road. Uh, talk about t- t- just looking at the symbols. I mean, if this isn't a rivalry week, rivalry week, I don't know what is. Celtics at home, Nets at home on Wednesday, Heat on the road going into the bowels of South Beach um, on Friday, and then Sunday afternoon or night, excuse me, Sunday night on ESPN. 
going into Boston. So two games against the best team in the league, at least record-wise and uh, net rating-wise for the year. Um, and then a Nets game and a Heat game. Jeremy, I'm curious to see what you do here. I think I know what you're going to do, but I'm still curious. I've been thinking about this a lot, trying to determine which direction to go in. And at the end of the day, John, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm going three and one. Oh, wow. You gave Robert Cross what he wanted. I did. It was not my intention originally. I was going to go two and two. Robert didn't get into my head. It's more that I just looked at it and I thought, what do I want to root for? I want to root for four and oh. I would expect a loss. With that being said, I think the the best part about it is I can root for these games and uh, I don't have to then consider the idea of if you pick three and one that I have to root for the Knicks to lose one of them yeah. and then lose a second one. Uh, all this stuff. Jalen Brown is also not going to be playing in the game against this, the first game against the Celtics yep. this week. He's out for personal reasons. We've seen them beat the Nets pretty handily. This is the first time they're in South Beach. I can't help but think about, at least this season, can't help but think about how they played a really nice game against the Heat earlier in the year. And last year was last year, but the way that the team came back to beat the Heat was enough for me to think, you know, why not? Let's get nuts. So yeah, do I think that you probably win this week if you take two and two? I do, but I'm okay with that because I would rather emotionally root for at least three and one. So I'm going for three and one, John. I'm going to go 2-2. Two two yes. Because if they go 4-0 and I lose, I am... I'm, it's not going to matter because I'll be floating above uh, my laptop screen. Because if they if they went 4-0, that would mean they'd... That, that would be 9 in a row. Uh, Did you... Were you going to pick 3-1 if I had picked 2-2? Two two? I hadn't even thought about it. I was going to go the other way. The, I was going to go in the other direction, whichever you want. Got it. But it was either 2-2 two two or 3-1. Or were you entertaining one and three? If you had taken two and two, I would have hemmed and hawed a bit and I would have ultimately gone three and one. There we go. Um, if you had said one and three, I would have thought, crap, I overplayed my hand here. But I would have thought about it because, again, like we just waxed poetic for the better part of an hour. Um, the Celtics are the best team in the league. <laughs> And they are not. A t I don't want to say they're a tough matchup for the Knicks because they're actually not. I think the Knicks are match up pretty well with them. But at the same time, like when the but I, then again, you could say this for anybody. I was about to say when the Celtics are on their game, like the Knicks can't do anything to stop them. Well, guess what? Neither can anybody else. Um, but they, but they said like they don't have Jalen Brown. So there's that. The 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 Nets. I know they're they've lost what four or five. We should probably at some point on this episode say. Um, as we are recording this, the New York Knicks are in a virtual tie for fifth with the Nets, kind of burying the lead um, because the Nets lost to the Hawks uh, earlier tonight. Uh, so big game. Uh, I'm sure the Nets will come to play that game. Um, you know, anything can happen. And then it's in you're going into Miami. You know, it's like it's a tough game going into Miami. But I don't have to worry about that. I'll take two and two and be happy with it. And if I lose, I'll be even happier. So there you go. Uh, okay. Before we get out of here, 
couple of quick announcements. Uh, let's do the playback announcement first because we'll get that out of the way. So uh, for all of our next film school patrons, uh, playback this week is going to be on Wednesday versus the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so if you are not a Knicks Film School patron and you would like to watch games with us, uh, join. You just go to Patreon, um, sign up to be a Knicks Film School patron. I believe it's the Carmelo Anthony, the Mellow tier or above. You get to hop on playback and see us talk about uh, the game as it's happening. And you get analysis and insight and uh, Andrew uh, waxing poetic about a big, stupid dragon jumping off a ladder onto a box. Yes, and John hating the fun things that happen during the time outbreaks. Um, you get to see me actively hate fun. Yes. It's great. Yes. It's wonderful. Sure, sure. Your vacation was lovely. You just sat there, right? You didn't do anything. You just sat there. Or did you go have fun? I relaxed. Yeah. So you just sat there. I I was in the pool a lot of the time. Oh, that's fun. Look at you. Speaking so, of which, I sorry, real quick. Shout out to Benji, not our Benji, a Benji mm-hmm. that I met down there who is a big fan of Dick's Film School and uh, happened to be staying where we were staying and uh, introduced himself. Very nice guy. Did he not wax poetic about his uh, acting credits? I am. He mentioned his okay. acting credits, yeah. which I'm include a, Uncut Gems. Okay, so there you go. He there was in, go. he was, I don't, he was in a, a portion of the movie Uncut Gems. I met someone that's I don't want I don't know the specific title, but someone that is like one of his people oh. um at a dinner over Christmas. And it was like, oh wow. And he like made the connection. Yeah, Nick's film school. He's a big Nick's fan. And I was like, oh yeah, great. Thanks. Giddy up. So um okay, big announcement. Who wants to do it? Jeremy. Am I doing it? Jeremy. Okay. I will do it. Uh on March eleventh for the Los Angeles Clippers game. We are going to be doing a watch party in real life. Um, <laughs> been toying with it for a while. You can still see the watch parties as a patron online, but if there is a there's no cost of admission to join us at Penn Six for that game. It's something we're all really excited about. Um, it's something we're really trying to do moving forward. Uh, you know, just as I was saying offline to these guys. A huge thing, a huge part of what we are able to do is using the community. And we were able to help connect with a lot of people during the pandemic when it was harder to see people in person. So we relied on online. And so we love this community. We appreciate this community. We want to grow this community. And we want to do it using Nick's Film School to the best of its abilities and just keep it going so that we have something even deeper from a connection standpoint. So we really hope to see a lot of you there. If you're not able to make it, don't fret. We're looking to make more memories and have more in-person events too. But if you do have nothing better to do and you're watching the game anyway, come join us because we we're looking forward to having you and we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a blast again. It's at Penn six, which is right down the block from MSG. Uh, we'll be there a little early, uh, you know, three 30 for a four o'clock tip off. I'm sure we'll be there a little late. So if you're going to the game, you want to stop by beforehand, you want to stop by afterwards, feel free. Uh, I believe we'll be upstairs in the lounge. Although I have a feeling we may pour over into the bar downstairs. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how many of y'all show up. Um, but we look forward to seeing anybody who does. And on that note, that's it, right? One minor correction. Um, yes, I have no idea if we're doing tomorrow for Boston or Wednesday for Brooklyn for the playback watch party. So 
I'm still waiting to hear from Benji what night works better for him. Oh, okay. I will also add, shout out to the casual crew. We may be watching on Friday when the New York Knicks take their talents down to South Beach. Oh, wow. And take on the main oh, yeah. heat. So there will probably be multiple watch parties on playback. Um, and uh, John, I, this is on-air producing. Uh, oh. You and I owe the patrons an extra Patreon podcast this week. So... There, there's multiple reasons to sign up for Patreon. Uh, the additional content being uh, some of those reasons. Um, oh, and just like a personal plug, follow Nick's Film School on Instagram and then like our Facebook page. I've been upping the posting and, and updating of that those two platforms. Um, so, so they actually get seen by people. Just check out some of our stuff in those platforms as well. Instagram, at Nick's Film School. It's the same thing as our Twitter. Uh, so it, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, uh, Twitter, obviously. So before we go, who are you guys more worried about from now until the end of the season? Nets, Heat, or Hawks? No, <laughs> wasn't actually one of the answers. Nets, Heat, or Hawks? Probably Atlanta because the new coach bump. But other than that, I I don't. In the words of Sean with the W, I don't worry about teams behind us. Oh wow. Well, yeah. the Nets are tied, so it's soon to be behind us. Okay. For me, it is also the Hawks who have the starting lineup with the best net rating, right? Out there. Yeah. And it's uh, them or Golden State, but coach. to your point, they have a starting lineup that actually really plays well together. You know? Yeah. So I think it'll come together nicely for them. And uh, I think they're the best of that three. Who are you going to say? You, you afraid the team <laughs> my, that my lost to in- Charlotte? My inclination is to make it three for three Hawks. Who are you I afraid do, of? It's Hawks. I think. Right, but uh, but your inclination to not go 100% in think? is what? You're afraid of the team that lost to Charlotte for the second time the other night? Or to the team that lost uh, to uh, Milwaukee without Giannis? Or to the team that signed Kevin Love and fixed everything, right? The minus 0.5 points. Uh, not per 100 possessions, but they have a minus 0.5 scoring margin per game on the year. The Miami Heat do. Losers of four in a row. Mm-hmm. I hate that the Knicks, if they played in the Southeast, would have a two and a half game lead as the division leader. And instead, they are the fourth best team in the Atlantic division and are mm-hmm. nine and a half back behind Boston. But that's that's just the cards they've been dealt. That's okay. It's you real- crazy. <laughs> this is wild. The Heat are... And again, this isn't their offensive rating. This is just how many points they score per game, and they play at a very slow pace. The Heat score 108.1 points per game. The next lowest team in the league in terms of scoring per game is the Rockets at 109.6. After that, you have to go to... My God. The Magic at 110.8. Man. Can we just put this to bed? The Miami Heat have the fifth worst neck rating in the sport. Do they really? Is it uh, they're, six, they- they're 24th. They're 24th. So six, they're fifth worst offense. They're fifth in offensive rating. And then they're... Fifth worst offensive rating. Their defense is decent. Their defense is fine, but their their net rating because they can't score is... It's still 24th in yeah, the league. Negative man. 0.7. So it's 24th. The five teams, the six teams behind them are Orlando, who started off five and 20 and been playing better since. Uh, Indiana, who had that stretch without 
uh, Halliburton, which may decide the direction that season goes. And then four teams intentionally trying to lose yes, games. Lose games. Okay. That's Man. it. That team you're afraid of? Because LeBron went there and won championships? Because they drafted Dwayne Wade and built an identity around it? Because Jimmy that, Butler went there because he couldn't stand Ben Simmons? The hashtag is so intimidating. Because uh, of Pat Riley. That's what this is, Jeremy. Of course. It's always one Okay. It's Pat Riley. I'm not the afraid hair, of the almost 80 year old. The Armani suits, the slicked back. The suits, the hair. The ro- I'm sure he wears a Rolex, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's Pat Riley. He's got to figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't have to necessarily. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I hope these aren't famous last words. Okay, let's get out of here. Uh, GMAC. Toodles. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the famous last words of the Knicks losing on Friday, and I have to delete my account. That those are the famous last words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh Jer- Jeremy Cohen. Uh thank you, sir. Um anything for you before we depart. I think that's all. That yeah. That I'll leave it at that. Okay. Nothing. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Knicks fans, uh, thank you for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. It's good to be back. Uh, I had a great, great time off and it was recharged the batteries, but it's good to be back for the stretch run. Thank you for being here with us for it. Um, my Lord, do we have a lot of great content coming out um, as we follow the Knicks over these final 20 games. So uh, make sure you are on board for all of that. And uh, we will be back. With more fun and games before you know. He's up. A lot of cocaine bears down in Miami, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs>